Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I want winners. I want people that want to win. The 49ers regular season is over. They beat the Cardinals at home in week 18, which leaves us still undecided in who we're going to play in uh, week one. Super wild card weekend, I think is what the NFL calls it. Rod, we got to see the Niners beat up on a very injured and and, and really bad Cardinals team. Um, Shanahan pretty much downplayed everything other than the idea that doesn't look like they're going to have any big-time injuries. So I guess that would be the first real uh, good news coming out of this is they look like they're going to be headed into the playoffs, hosting the first game either against Seattle or Green Bay with uh, with a pretty strong roster here. Yeah, I mean, that that game went as about as well as could be expected. That was the script you would have wanted, that you get up big and then you're able to kind of coast um, in the fourth quarter um, and just get your guys out of there and move on. So, I mean, that that is great news um, that, um, you know, we just about everywhere you look, um, defensive line, running back, those places that have been question marks throughout the season, it looks like we're going to be as at, at as full of strength as we've been at any point during the season. So that's um, you know, that's great timing. All right. Uh, so this is uh, this is from Matt Mayoko uh, putting it up here for video watchers, and I'll read it for the audio listeners. Uh, so the Seahawks beat the Rams in overtime. There were some choice calls for the Seahawks in that game, by the way. Um, and so the Lions are officially, officially eliminated from the playoffs. The Packers play the Lions tonight on Sunday Night Football. And if the Packers win, Aaron Rodgers will come into town next week as uh, the, the seventh seed. If the Lions somehow play spoiler, even though they have nothing on the line as far as playoff implications... The Seahawks will play the 49ers in Santa Clara. So I guess the first question for you is, who would you rather play, Green Bay or Seattle? I think for several reasons, Seattle. Um, I, I don't really do um, like like woo-woo kind of stuff, but <laughs> we, you know, they were the one seed two years in a row, and we kick their cans um yeah. packer the packers i'm speaking of and it it would just it just seems kind of weird that they would get hot at the end of the year and then we're you know here we are facing them again in the playoffs i i, I just i don't like that i don't like the matchup with the style of play with them running the ball just so effectively outside and inside with Dylan and Jones and then pot shotting over the top with Watson and Dobbs. Uh, I, I don't want any part of that. Um, if I had a choice, I still, I mean, I think we could beat them because defensively there's, they are rather suspect, but again, that offense, um, it's a concern. Um, so I would if I if you let me hand pick, it would be Seattle. Um, but 
you know, if it is the Packers, you know, by the end of the night, I'll have convinced myself we're going to beat them by two touchdowns. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's some interesting uh, parallels. If if you reverse the teams over the years, last year we had to go into uh, Wisconsin in the snow and upset them. They were the one seed. And this year it would be sort of the flip. And I'm with you. I I have uh, now these these are these are choice words on my end. But last year after they beat Rodgers, I was like, you know, he has he had beat us so often over the years that he finally looked like a human being playing against the Niners last year. And so that's sort of how I feel about him today is that he's way more human than he's ever been. And we saw the same thing with Brady when Tampa Bay came into town. But still, I would rather go into it with. Geno Smith, who has never really been able to to guide a team in, in, into uh, into the playoffs before, so the the similarities between him, even though he is a vet, but just having those early reps in the playoffs and Brock having his early reps in the playoffs, it kind of it, it feels a little bit a, a little bit better. But yeah, man, I, I think uh, Green Bay coming in hot. If they win tonight, I think it'd be five in a row. So something like that. So so yeah, you know, probably uh, they'll probably win this game. I'm assuming, and uh, and we and we'll probably face them because if anything, uh, I, I think Aaron Rodgers understands you know sort of the the getting into the playoffs better than anybody now successfully as far as in the playoffs he has one Super Bowl win, but I would say if you were to run his career back again. There are probably some moments there where fans go, you know what? He probably should have won that game. He probably should have won that game. They should have been in the Super Bowl more than just that, you know, that that one win. So I don't I don't think he's the ultimate playoff winner, but getting to the playoffs has definitely been uh he he he's been great at doing that. Okay, so that that's that's the NFC side. And just we'll just quickly look at the AFC side because that's all figured out. The AFC side has Bills and Dolphins. They're going to play for a third time. If the Niners and the Seahawks play again, Niners and Seahawks would play again for a third time. Niners have two wins, though. So, can you know, there's always this adage about beating a team three times in a row. Um, so, uh, Field Yates got this wrong. He put the Bengals against the Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 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 I screenshot the wrong one. And then Jaguars against Chargers. Wait, so this is Bengals against... Who? Uh, I'll let's let's see if I can. Uh, I'll find it while while we're while we're talking. But you know what I was thinking about? All three those top three teams in the AFC uh, are all beasts, right? The Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. They're all they're all beasts. But I think I would rather play the Bengals out of any of those teams. Absolutely. Because the mere fact that Burroughs is not the runner that those other two guys are. and uh, But all, all three really good teams. And uh, it's going to be a fun playoff here. Uh, what do you think about this this super wild card? They started this last year. But the second, second year of the super wild card where only two teams, the best team in the AFC and the best team in the NFC, get the bye. Um, well, it... It sucks for us this this year, obviously. <laughs> Ravens, so Ravens, Ravens at at the Bengals. By the way, that's okay. that's the one that he messed up. Um, so yeah, because obviously we'd have to buy if it was the old system. Yes, but um, it does. It makes for that that first weekend of the playoffs is really exciting. Um, I think I I heard um on the football night in America that you know. Last last year, every game was like a one score game going in to the end of the, you know towards the end of the fourth quarter. So it was it was um, for all intent and purpose um, exciting football um, down to the wire in all the games, which is, which is a good thing, and I think um, it bodes. Well, for that this year, because every, every every everybody is so um well maybe not at the 
not maybe not at the top of the it's the teams you mentioned like the Bengals and the the Bills, but I know on our side of the bracket there there isn't much separating any of those teams. You could put them all in a hat, and yeah. uh, it it wouldn't surprise me literally with the the NFC draw. It, none of the teams, you know, if if you say if you told me today that the Packers would make it to the um, NFC championship game. It would suck because I, you know, obviously I'm a Niner fan, but it wouldn't shock me because I I think, you know, my unofficial power ratings would have them right up there with us as the top two teams in the, in the NFC over the past four weeks. So um, I I think it's going to be a knockdown drag out. And I, you know, like I don't, believe in the Vikings at all. So it wouldn't surprise me if the giants gave them a run. Um, So I I just think it's going to be kind of a free for all and nothing that would happen next weekend would surprise me at all. Um, If you told me that, that all of the lower seeds won, I wouldn't be shocked. So it's, um, it's going to be, it should be, it should make for good football. So the way that the NFC shakes out is, uh, Eagles take top seed. They, you know, they they kind of struggled in these last few weeks. Now, some of that is obviously health with, with their quarterback with QB one, uh, and you know they didn't they, they they took care of business today. They didn't impressively beat the Giants, mm-hmm. like you know, waste them away. But you know, it was the, the Giants had to come back a little bit to make that game close. We and they were playing t- against the Giants like practice squad. So right. I mean <laughs> that that has to be factored in. Yes. Um, but yeah, they did they you know they righted the ship, which is and you we saw that Hertz is at least serviceable, you know. So So we get the number two spot. Vikings are number three. We had the same record as the Vikings, but we had the tiebreaker. The Bucks going into this playoff at eight and nine are the number four seed. And the Dallas Cowboys uh, are the fifth seed. And then the Giants are the sixth seed. And so, like we said, the Seahawks and the Packers are playing for that seventh spot. So there's going to be a lot of uh, white knuckle watching tonight for for the the Seahawks. Um, All right, so let's go over the game. And I I wanted to click on... Hang on one second. Here we go. All right, so I wanted to click on my uh, my three main points. And and let's start with... uh, this, This was a playoff week dress rehearsal game for us. The Niners wanted to win the game, but they also, and and I, I am assuming that Shanahan specifically uh, made it so that the offense looked very vanilla. There, there weren't many tricks uh, in, in this game. There, there was a there was a reverse to Debo. Um, I want to say there was an inside run somewhere that was kind of like a surprise, but other than that, it was just straightforward football, and I fully expected that. I didn't think the Niners really didn't want to show anything. They probably felt, you know, just talent for talent. They were going to be able to beat the Cardinals no matter what. Uh, but, you know, there were a couple of uh, shaky moments to start. If you want to get nitpicky, uh, the secondary kind of gave up a big play to start the game again, just like last week. Uh, but then what happens when it's all said and done? They got three picks, two of them by Gibson. And, you know, I saw a quote where he said this is the, the the most fun that he's ever had playing football. So it's really cool to see somebody who, you know, the, the NFL in of itself is just it's so hard on players unless you're you're a star quarterback post the year, you know, 30th year of your birth. Right. And he comes in at 32 years old and he's able to start for, you know, arguably the best defense in the league. So it's good. Good for him to see that. He was uh, sitting at home. Yeah. That's crazy. That's <laughs> crazy that such a good player was, you know, for all intent purpose, out of football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, we had Brock Purdy start five. Now, I wanted to get your opinion. I thought he made uh, some really strong reads. Some of that, to me, was that first read was getting open, so he was able to get the ball out. But when they when he didn't have that first or second read, 
the offensive line wasn't you know wasn't able to to hold the pocket very well and he took some bad sacks if you want to nitpick some that probably he didn't need to take he could have thrown the ball away but he was trying to create plays with his legs and then he's getting chased down by linebackers who are faster than him uh so ultimately what well, well, how would you grade young Brock Purdy today I'm always grading young Brock on a curve so I'm going to say I'm going to say B minus C plus because he 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 did have several really shaky moments um and again we're going to it's going to sound like we're nitpicking but there were plays that they were bad plays he had he had several like bad plays he missed a couple throws and like you say several of those sacks were um you know just plays especially he was out of the pocket i mean and literally he could have just threw the ball down at his feet and um you know killed the play um but you know you i again i've said that all this week in my defense of some of our defensive backs and i'll say it again today about brock that um I chalk it up to the things. One of the things we love about him is extending the play and making a play and trying to make a play. Yeah, got him in trouble. So I mean, I find it hard to be critical of them because I'm not one who plays the result. Um, it's all about the process, and that is he's made several plays this year um, along those lines and. You know it's going to go bad sometimes. So I mean, you you kind of have to take the good with the bad. But I also can acknowledge that you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They were bad plays. Yeah. Um, so you know, again, it's just the the growth and development of a young quarterback. And I'm sure Kyle, you know, you love the fact that you know you're in. It's a it's a um it's all in all a low risk situation in that the game is you know pretty much in hand so he can make those mistakes and now you but but you're also in a win you can go back and you know chew their ass a bit uh and 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 coach him coach him hard which apparently he doesn't have a problem with which is good i mean it it will give him something to um kind of keep him grounded which you know, with with Purdy Mania, is something <laughs> that is, it's you know that's a, that's a real thing. You know, yeah. you have to be able to go in there and chew his ass a little bit and let him know that this is you know you're still a work in progress and you don't have it all figured out. And these are some things that um you messed up and we, and you need to clean up and do better because the playoffs are a whole different ball game so so that's i think all in all that's that was it was good but i guess i I, okay i'll give a b minus b minus strong b minus and you know that's the relationship that a lot of strong head coaches with star players have i believe that was like the belichick brady relationship right like if i could chew you out then nobody can complain about being chewed out i think it was a popovich (laughs) Popovich and, and Duncan maybe was was the other one that I was thinking mm-hmm. of where, you know, if I could give you the harsh criticism, then the players who are worse than you cannot complain about the same criticism, which is it is awesome if you have the the star player who's got that mental toughness and, and understands the game, you know, understands that this is just making your team better. So um, you know, nobody's harder on Brock than Shanahan. You know, we we can we can grade him but shanahan's gonna be the hardest on him shanahan expects perfect right and so his quote was brock did some good things had some plays he missed too he's playing solid shanahan's not going to give us any (laughs) any adjectives in there you know he's that's not his style but you know he's gonna he's not gonna put this this star player thing in this guy's head when you know he needs the guy who's hungry who's a seventh rounder who's playing for his next spot he needs that guy. He doesn't need the guy who's buying into the hype. And so uh, he's he's going to coach him like you said he is. And don't worry. There are plenty of people who will pump Brock's ego up. If that, <laughs> if, if, if that is what he wants to indulge in, there are no shortage of those people around with the Montana comparisons and the <laughs> like. So, yeah, that it's it's a good thing to have that he has that balance. And he's, you know, he seems like a really 
level-headed kid. He says all the right things. But um, I know even the best of us sometimes have problems with their ego and confidence. So it's um <laughs> that that it's a good thing to have someone you know in your corner who can um shoot straight with you and 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 tell you what it really is. So I think that's that bodes well for for us going forward. Shout out Shelvin. Our brother Shelvin is watching. Uh, he said bonehead sacks. He has shown in the past that he could escape from those, but not today. And I, I wanted to share Shelvin's comment because my worry is that in a week 17, week 18 games against the Raiders and the Cardinals where it doesn't really matter, those situations where he's rolling out or where he's kind of running against the grain going to his left, and throwing against the body in the playoffs, those scenarios could, could really bite you because the teams are, the, are, are going to be revved up. Uh, throws that he thinks that he can maybe make in week 17, week 18 are probably not going to be there. And the, it, it just gives these uh, defensive coordinators more information about some of his tendencies. And if I'm a defensive coordinator, uh, what I'm telling my defensive line is when he rolls out like that, like, yeah, you know, you should try and chase him down, but he also kind of leaves the ball out yes. there a little bit. And yes. I, I'm slapping that ball away. Play the ball, play the ball, play tackle the ball. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that that's kind of my thought. Like I think Brock is playing, you know, way better than I ever thought he could play if he had to play in games this year. And we, we even go back to the beginning of the season when Shanahan kept Purdy and, and he cut Nate. And that was kind of a surprise. Like, but we had heard that, yeah, you know, this Purdy kid is, is doing really well. But I still didn't think that he was going to make the team over someone who had been in the system for a couple years. And had got guaranteed money. That yes. was what I kept leaning on was the fact that, you know, they – they gave, they guaranteed Nate his money. Um, so usually you can follow the money and, you know, the thought, I thought that Brock would end up on the practice squad, but apparently they saw enough more than I did to, to think that um he could be number, you know, he could be number two, then three once that whole thing went down. But um yeah, so clearly they had, a lot of confidence in him because, you know, those are two things that go hand in hand. Um, they cut Nate and then up until, according to both John and Kyle, up until the week that it happened, none of them believed that they'd be able to get Jimmy back on a, you know, on a $6 million contract. Yeah. Um, they, everybody assumed that he was gone um, until he wasn't. So, um, so clearly I, I say that to say that clearly they believed in him because if Jimmy decides he wants to play in Washington, um, Brock Purdy is QB two from, you know, week one. So, so, so yeah, so clearly they, they, it's not, this is not like um, revisionist history that they have had a belief in him. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And, you know, the thing going into next year now, I don't want to look too much ahead because we have some playoffs coming up, and this is really the best time uh, of the season if your team is really good. But going into next season, if Brock continued, you know, I think anything short of getting dusted this 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 upcoming weekend, I think he and Trey go in as co-number ones, and it's whoever plays the best is going to get that spot. Uh, but if Brock kind of lays an lays an egg in the playoffs, then maybe that changes things. But you know, he he's going to he's created an opportunity for himself to go into camp next year as possibly the co number one quarterback. And look, if he wins the Super Bowl, then Trey's got to be number two at least going into the off season and and into camp. I I guess, but I I just I continue to say you follow the money and you follow the pedigree, and I believe that he's going to have to beat out Trey, or Trey is going to have to shit the bed not to get the shot. I mean, you just you have so much invested in him, and you look at, in my opinion, you look at the history of that position, and that dude 
the QB2 dude, the 262 pick dude. That dude is rarely ever tabbed as the face of the franchise. It, no one has been able to show me a situation where that is the case. So well, we met, we mentioned Kurt Warner is really the only one I can think about, but okay. So, so here's, here's the, um, here's a different angle though. Knowing the 49ers being the team that is the, uh, you know, Parag, the salary cap expert, right? They, they have a, you know, they've, they've had Parag for, for a while now and he, and he's, is able to figure out how to get these guys under contract and they've, they haven't had to trade too many of them. Buckner being one of them that they did have to trade, but how, how much money, if you're going to pay Bosa next year, having a quarterback who makes less than a million dollars helps that scenario. Now I'm not saying that they're going to trade trade. This is way, this is we're looking way into the future, but the fact that Brock, makes less than a million dollars is actually meaningful to a team who's going to have to sign uh, one player next year, specifically to giant, giant money. So that's the only thing that's in the back of my head about, about Trey. But the other thing about it is they can also bring Trey along slowly. Whereas if Brock was terrible, then you know, you're in a little bit of a situation where Trey better be healthy next year, right? So, okay, let's uh, let's talk about s- some of the other things that happened in this game. George Kittle's red zone monster. Now, Shanahan said he was the first option on both end zone touchdowns, which makes me it makes me wonder a little bit on how you defend. The Niners in the red zone because let's say that Debo and CMC are the the players that scare the defense most. Those are the players that you kind of prioritize. Everywhere those guys go, you you need to circle them and watch them. That helps George in this scenario because in previous years when he was racking up a lot of the yards – he was the number one priority, so he was getting the double teams. He was getting the chips and everything. And there was a you saw today that he's get, he he had slow linebackers on one on one coverage w- in, with him. Uh, he he was roaming in the back of the end zone uh, just w- with one de- defender. So him being the third option, and maybe in some cases even the fourth option, uh, with Ayuk playing so well, like. That has to help this uh, relationship that that Purdy has in finding Kittle, and I imagine because of that, he's been so open, and they're utilizing that. Maybe that was the only thing that maybe Shanahan gave away a little bit today. Is like, oh, like we're gonna we're gonna sneak Kittle in in these spots because people aren't paying as close attention to him as they had in the past. Yes, and I can't wait to get with my my little coaching consultant that I kind of go over tape with that because what I saw that I found was interesting was there were several times and several formations where for all intent and purpose, CMC and Debo were interchangeable, which is gotta be scary for a defense. <laughs> you Anywhere that you, from the X to the running back, those guys can line up at any position at any time. And when you put them on the field together, I mean, who do you key on? I mean, (laughs) and like, to your point, that makes it easy for a guy like George or IU or, or Jennings to, um, to, to, to just kind of, um, slide under the radar juice. I mean, they're just again. It's it's an embarrassment of riches that Kyle has to work with, and like you say, it was it was kind of vanilla. But you you look on the other side of the field, which I found interesting because Cliff was all the way in his bag today. <laughs> it <laughs> he he dumped it all out on the sideline and was just like rifling through things to throw at us. Um, so. You know, it it's it, it'll be interesting to see once we get it. You know, now that we're in the playoffs, they caught. You know, with Kyle not having really anything to um 
<laughs> to hold back on that to, to see what he unleashes on next week's opponent should be. I, I know that their defensive staff is not going to sleep much next week. I, I would imagine because it is, it is a frightful thing because I mean, both of those guys, CMC and Debo and like George, you know, when they get the ball in their hands, they are, they are just menaces. I mean, yep. you, <laughs> it's, you know, CMC, I, you know, I knew he was a good player when he got here, but I did not realize he was as fast as he is. He gets the ball and he's like a jet. It's yep. it's really, it's really amazing to see. And Debo is different. I mean, you know, he'll stiff arm you. <laughs> I mean, so he's strong and fast. So, I mean, it's, and then George is kind of that way too. He's a matchup nightmare. You try to put a DB on him. And he's just going to big boy that guy. And you try to put a linebacker on him. He's just not fast enough. <laughs> he's just not, you know, he's, he is a matchup nightmare and he is really, he has really um, been a revelation again. He's back to, you know, 19, I mean, 2019 George um, with his level of production over the past um, three or four weeks. All right, so Shelvin has another question, uh, or he didn't have a question the first time, but he had more of a statement. But his question is, has the offense changed uh, with Brock under center? For Kittle, seems like he's been more of a target with Brock instead of being a blocker with Jimmy. So to me, two things uh, have, have changed. One is CMC is fully, uh, that they've figured out how to fully unleash him. Uh, and two, uh, Debo being out, um, and then now being back, I think just changes things because, you know, he, you, if, if we go back to last year's playoffs, like he was the man and he's, I think he's probably still either one or one a depending on uh, CMC. Um, and I think that is, that is why that Kittle has just been the guy like they, they are utilized. Like Shanahan is almost utilizing his, weapons as kind of like, okay, like here's what the defense is going to do. They're going to, they're going to pay attention to this. They're going to pay attention to this and Kittle's going to be wide open. So thus now Kittle is number one option on this play. I think that's what's happening. Um, But it's been really fun to watch now, Rod, I'm going to, we're going to go back a little bit here because I was trying to think of this. The best offense in 49ers history just in in a sort of racking up of yards and points, might be 1994, and yes. that's not even a Montana offense. That's a young mm-hmm. to Jerry Rice. That is Brent Jones. That is John Taylor. That is Ricky Waters. That is Bar None. And the you, you know the, the the nickname of of that offense was so many weapons like they just had so many weapons and then you can flank Dion and just let him run as fast as he can down you know down the sideline this offense I I think is the most explosive since that 1994 offense even the two Super Bowl teams the Ford Anders had where they lost the offenses I don't think had this much firepower um and and I think this is really the the best offense since '94, just when it comes to talent on the offensive side of the ball. I I hadn't really thought about it, but yeah, I would I would agree. Um, it just, it's just an, it's an embarrassment of riches, and I'd like to take a shot at um, Kelvin's comment or yeah question. yeah I'll, I'll put it back and there. um and no and Kyle mentioned it and I've been saying it for years that um um George particularly down the scene has has always been there brought more so than Jimmy and this is not bashing Jimmy just he is more willing to throw the ball downfield than Jimmy is so I though those routes that Kittle is 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 running he's been running those routes it just Jimmy you know was so focused on getting the ball out of his hand that he wasn't yeah. even looking. And Brock clearly has no problem, you know, waiting for him to uncover and go in there. And that, again, that, that is just another subtle difference um, that has made this offense even more because it was, the offense was, was had a huge uptick in efficiency 
Um, if you look at the EPA numbers, um, you know, when CMC got here, even with Jimmy, but even, but once Brock has taken over, it's, it's bumped up even more. And part of it clearly is his mobility and being able to, to move and get out of the pocket. But the other is his willingness to, um, to chuck it downfield, um, mm-hmm. which is, which has, I think more so than anybody. I mean, Ayuk has, and um, Jennings has benefited, but I don't think anybody has benefited more than George, especially over the past three or four weeks. He has just been on fire. So Shanahan wanted 200 yards rushing. They got 169. And uh, let's get to the next part of this chat because I wanted to give some folks – their flowers for the seasons that they've had. But before we do that, I just wanted to shout out Elijah Mitchell, who has had a horrific season when it has come to injuries. And he comes back in week 18. He goes five carries, 55 yards and two TDs and looks explosive and looks like the perfect compliment to CMC. If you were to like put together what kind of running back you want next to CMC, who's just like read read the block or read read the hole, you know, hit the hit the turbo boost and boom, you're gone. And Elijah is more like hit the hole, and the first guy's not going to tackle me, and the second guy might tackle me, and then it's going to take the third guy to bring me down. Like he seems to be the perfect complement to CMC. So. Again, when we're talking about this embarrassment of riches or so many weapons or whatever, what'd you think about Mitchell today? Spoiler alert, he's on my top three. Okay, um, there we go. So um yeah, he looked amazing. And he's he's just he is a perfect combination of speed and power. I mean, you know, for to not be a very big guy, he packs a wallop. I mean, it like you just said, it it Rarely does the first guy take him down. Um, and then once he can get ahead of steam, I mean, he can scoop. Um, so, I mean, 437 in the combine tells you all you need to know about his speed. Um, so, yeah, it it is, I mean, to be able to spot a guy like that, um, it's always interesting, though. You can tell CMC does not like to be on the sideline. <laughs> he, anytime he is out, you know, he is like chomping at the bit to get back out there, which, I mean, you love to see that. I mean, yeah. you love to see a guy that, um, you know, you talk about, well, is Kyle overusing him? Well, you know, it's not because he's tapping out because um, <laughs> he wants to be out there, it seems, on every snap. Um, but to, that kind of one-two punch and then the young boy jp jp is no joke either um so i i i am really excited about you know how kyle decides to um to deploy those guys because i remember the first time mitchell came back there were several sets where he had them both out there which is you know interesting because you know with um, CMC being able to play anywhere from the running back out to the X just makes the offense even more, you know, you got all, if you have CMC, Mitchell and Debo on the field, I mean, it's just, as you going back to your last point, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) The amount of talent and speed that they can put, you know, that they can put the Kyle can put out there, you know, for one snap is really um it's it's I, there aren't many teams in the league that um that they can put that kind of talent out there now Kansas City I don't know if their talent is as good but Mahomes kind of is like an you know a force multiplier yeah. and he makes his guys a little better than they might actually be but um that's not the case here um it's clearly you know I love Brock and people want to say, you know, five and oh with Brock starting and, and that's fine. You can give him his credit, but it's CMC who really changed 
the tenor of this offense completely with his arrival. I believe. Yeah, you can you can go back in the archives of this show, and we said pretty much from the day that uh, that that they got him. Uh, maybe not that day. Maybe the next week, because uh, I think they got him in the Kansas City game, right? And that was that was, yeah. <laughs> that was bad times. But yeah. but we both said like, look, this guy should make Jimmy so much better because Jimmy likes to get the ball out so quickly and to have a safety valve just right there. And that's what that's what they were starting to do. But now mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a whole different story with Brock because Brock can keep the ball a little bit longer and not, and, and you don't, he's not worried about getting sacked as, as much as Jimmy was. Okay. So um, let's talk about Brandon. Ayuk. He finally goes over that thousand yard mark for the first time in his career. And you could see the smile on his face when he was uh, at doing the interviews, he was very happy and very proud for him. Obviously someone who has consistently been in Shanahan's doghouse, even sort of this season, like, uh, last week, uh, when they were talking about Ayuk's game, Shanahan was so hard on him. And uh, the uh, Robert Smith, who was doing the color commentary in today's game, he said he thinks that Shanahan is harder on Ayuk just because that was Shanahan's position when he was playing football. So he's like harder on that position. But I don't know. I don't really hear too many negative things about Debo from right. Shanahan. Uh, but yeah, so great to see Ayuk get his 1,000 he almost had a, a Devonte Adams like catch today. Uh, it hit the it hit the ground. He almost had a diving catch. Um, big plays. He he also has really good chemistry with Brock after picking up the chemistry with Jimmy this year. So overall, great season for him. I just wanted him to. Uh, I just wanted to shout out him. Uh, the other person, Bosa, gets one sack, uh, and I believe he is still one sack short of alden smith's record for sacks in a season so i don't know he's got something to shoot for next year like that's going to be a a number you know or that 20 right that that Mm -hmm. that 20 mark is kind of uh uh, the elusive number here um so yeah so so those those marks uh were hit and i think because uh, dre did not play today Fred Warner overtook the team lead for tackles. He had eight, but you know who had the the most tackles today? Um, Al Shayer, didn't he? Aziz, he did. He had the most tackles today. He had ten and four solos, and but ten combined tackles. Um, so yeah, so those were just some numbers for some of those guys, uh, and it was it was good to see. Now, before we get to our player of the game. Nick has got to be defense player for the 49ers uh, of the season. Who would, who would offensive player uh, of the season for the team be? Hmm. Well, I could cop out and say Trent. Um, <laughs> uh, um, but I won't do that. Um, I think it would have to be CMC. I'm going to go CMC. That's who I would pick as well, though I think you could argue, especially with the last five games, because George has had seven touchdowns in the last five games. You could argue George. And just for overall consistency, you could even argue Ayuk because – Debo had a very inconsistent season because of injuries, and also he had a very slow start to the season. Shanahan was putting him in the backfield a lot, and they weren't getting anything. Um, so yeah, I think you know, I, but I think I would agree with you. See, I think I would say CMC as well because he was really the shock to that offense that that they needed when, when he was brought in, and I think he, he he would obviously get my vote as like most valuable. Uh, offensive player because just gave them so many different things that they could do. But yeah, I was just thinking about that while we were, while I was watching that game going like, man, I think it'd have to be Christian, but it's not like he's got these like super gaudy numbers, right? He's just, he's just enables them to do so many different things. I think so. I mean, I, it's a, it's a worn out analogy and it probably doesn't fit as well to Christian as it does to Nick. But it's, it's, you know, it's the Steph Curry effect. He really, 
his presence has a you know has really changed um the way everybody else is able to interact with the offense um you know it takes pressure off of debo um because it was clear before he got here that all eyes were on him and um Kyle felt the need to you know force feed him the ball and it you know it it wasn't working nearly as well as it was you know as it did last season um so that was it was problematic um but you know now that frees him up because you know it you know just based on what we've seen Christian is the fo- the focal point now um Debo is you know still 1B you know because he's still an explosive weapon and you know his lack of production i think has more to do with just the missed time and injuries than him not because when he, when he's out there he it's clear like he showed today he i mean he is still a force when he gets the ball in his hands and some something that other teams are going to have to reckon with um as we move forward but um my only hesitation with christian was the fact that you know the number of games played, but I mean, his impact is just, he's just been so impactful to me that it it's just, um, it's a no brainer that he's the guy. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about today's player of the game. Uh, I'll let you, why don't, why don't we do this? We'll both, um, we'll both give our third and second and we'll leave the first. And I'm, I just want to, I just want to see if we have the same first, which is uh, my thing, but why don't you give your third and second, uh, and then and then save it, and then I'll give my third and second, and then we'll see if we got the same number one. Um, Fred was my third, and based solely <laughs> on that drop that he he had that play where he dropped yes. on Hollywood Brown, and I mean there there's not another. I'm gonna say there's not another linebacker. All due respect to Shaq Leonard, there's not another linebacker in the league that drops. 20, 20 yards downfield to affect the throw um, against such a fast player as Hollywood Brown. So he had a, he had good tackle numbers, but as you mentioned, um, um, Al Shair had more tackles. But um, he made my list just based on that one play. Um, number two is well, which is going to kind of tip things, is CMC. I mean, he was a first-down monster as he normally is. He um, he scored. Um, But, yeah, he he had a a great game. All right. So my number three is CMC. Hmm. And my number two is Gibson. Two passes defended. Two interceptions. That's so who does call. that leave your who does that leave your number one? Um my number one was Eli. Okay, there you go. And my number one was George. So the reason why I did that is because I want because I, I there wasn't like a surefire person. So it just shows you a little bit and how differently we were watching the, the same game, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, Eli was awesome um with the two touchdowns. Kittle in limited snaps, limited snaps, obviously, right. but yeah, um, I the two touchdowns, um, kind of swayed it for me, um, and you know he had that gaudy, um, per carry average, which you know I'm I'm kind of I like shiny things. Yeah, thirty seven <laughs> yard run down yeah. the sidelines. <clears throat> yeah, he looked yeah. really good, and, and so it's and you can't argue, George. I mean, yeah, come on, yeah. George is 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 equally as deserving. Uh, and the uh, and, and they took away one of those touchdowns from from Mason, which I, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I guess it was it was close enough to I reverse, guess. but it was it was really close. Yeah, and it was um, a tough run. Yeah, yeah, that dude, over, that, over, that, that overarching. It was a it was a very good run. Whether or not his knee hit before he reached the ball, okay. If, I guess that could go either way, but yeah. it was a hell of a run either way. That guy, that guy <laughs> runs hard. We got to see TDP a little bit today, which was nice to see. 
Uh, you could see I feel why. Bad for that not- dude. <laughs> I really feel bad for that dude. He, I mean, he has really, I mean, for all the talk, I mean, I, you know, they were really talking him up in training camp. I mean, he looked good. And yeah. then he got the ankle, and um, um, JP has just kind of, you know, surpassed him. Um, and, and also because they play special teams. That that that's true. That's yeah. true, but you know, I mean, it's it's their careers are just starting. But I look back at it, and I still say, I know that was a a bone of contention amongst the faithful that we are much better served with those guys getting those reps than Jeff Wilson getting them. Sure, I, sure. I just, I just, I, think, I, I, yeah, I think your analysis on that move comes out. Uh, correctly based on what happened because uh i mean they got they have four established i mean they, okay technically i would say I, you have three guys if jordan if jordan mason had to come in and and play ball we've seen enough of him to where we're not going to be like oh my gosh what's going to happen with this run game we know what he's going to do he's going to run hard yeah and he's going to pick up yards and he's going to fit pretty much right in uh, and he's got a then, nice little burst. He runs hard. I mean, uh, he he's really good. And you can see TDB's TDP's talent. Um, I mean, so I, I it's not like I don't think this is a um that this is a, a, a Trey Sermon type situation. Right. Right. Clearly, I mean, I he he will be a player. I believe. But but um, but essentially, as it comes out. My main worry about trading Jeff Wilson was that these guys get hurt and Eli literally gets hurt, you know, very, but it didn't affect them because they have the depth and they, they're, the depth is, is, is good. So, so it, it turned out that, that, that Wilson trade was, what uh, was fine. Okay. So let's talk about the last thing here, which is just, you know, we'll, we'll we started with this and, and we'll kind of end with this, uh, there's going to be a, a, a game next week. We don't know the time. We don't know the day. I would prefer Sunday, but I know what I prefer does not matter at all. <laughs> the fact the fact that the Niners are, are well-rested, I'm not scared. I'm not bothered if they do play Saturday. Um, and I don't imagine they'll play Monday night, but who knows? There is going to be a Monday night game next week. Yeah. I, you know, it would not shock me. If it ends up being the Packers, if it's Monday night, that wouldn't, that wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know, a rod is prime time. So, um, yeah, that, that wouldn't, and that I wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, if we could get that extra day, I would, I doubt that we would be like an early game on Saturday. So, I mean, I guess we could, but I know I just think that you know maybe if it's the Seahawks, they'll give us a a, a crap spot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, because you the the expectation would be in the the PDF numbers I was looking on the um football night in America the the um PFF prediction numbers bear that out that if it's the Seahawks, um, they figure they're going to get boat raced, um. And 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 maybe so, but we're smart enough as Niner fans to know that that's a, a kind of a rivalry game. So yeah. you just kind of you you know, I think we're better than them. But I you know Pete 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 is he's still Pete against the Niners no matter what chewing that <laughs> gosh darn gum. <laughs> so that I, I would not I I wouldn't count that as a walkover um, if if that were to come to pass. Um, what, yeah, what, so, do you, what do you think about Dallas and Tampa Bay? I was really, really, really three times really disappointed with the Cowboys because they were kind of like my only hope. I was hoping not that I'm scared of the Philadelphia Eagles. I was hoping that the Cowboys would be able to go into Philly and knock off the Eagles so that we would get them here in the championship. That yeah, was what yeah, I was yeah. hoping. Yeah. But if 
today's <laughs> performance was any indication, they're going to have – let's just put it this way. I hope it. I hope it's not a one-score game halfway through the fourth quarter yep. <laughs> because that, to me, Tampa Bay is a paper champion. But if you give that dude one drive to beat you in the fourth quarter, I don't know. How do you bet against him? How do you bet against Tom Brady? And here's with, the other thing. Even though, even though the Cowboys – have four more wins than Tampa. The game is in Tampa. Yeah. That, and, and, and that's crazy. That <laughs> they have what, a losing record <laughs> and they get a home game, which is, you know, which is, uh, it's clearly a scheduling quirk, but it would not surprise me if they beat the Cowboys. I don't, I, I, I have no faith that they can go beyond that do anything beyond that but yeah. it, it would not shock me because the cowboys looked awful today yeah they really looked bad and and there was no they played their guys for all in pit and purpose they thought they were playing for the division and the number one seed so you can't tell me that they took um they took the commandos lightly um it, they just played poorly which is the last thing you want heading into the playoffs, you you don't want to have one of your worst performances um, heading into the playoffs. And they yeah. did today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, there there are some, if if the Niners play the Packers, I think that is up there with, with the top games of the week. But the other, the other ones would be Dolphins bills, obviously because of how they played each other during the season. Uh, Ravens Bengals because it's you know it's interdivision, uh, and and you and know Lamar those probably comes back and Lamar will be back, uh, and then Cowboys Bucks just because it's Tom Brady right like and the Cowboys <laughs> and it's yeah right right the Cowboys plus it's Tom Brady so that they the NFL would probably see that just by itself as as the top game just because Dallas is the biggest uh, fan base in all the NFL so. Uh, they, man, they created their own Sweet 16, like uh, the NCAA men's basketball tournament, and that is super, uh, super wild card Sunday uh, weekend. So it's going to be a blast next week. Uh, we'll be back whenever the Niners play. We'll be back later that uh, later that day. So keep an eye out on the schedule. Um, we'll do we'll do some tweets out on the BSPN shows uh, Twitter handle as far as letting folks know when when that is going to happen. Uh, but yeah, this has been such a fun season, and I think I don't know. Well, I th- I feel like we're good luck, like you know, just just us doing this podcast, and then they go and they win nine in a row, or what is it, ten in a row? How many? How many games do one? Ten in a row. After starting three no, and four, it, the fact that they finished. So what? What was it? Was it thirteen and four? Yeah, is, that was the final record. Like you say, at what three and four, there was no way, no way, no way we were gonna win thirteen games. No way, no way. But um, wow, it, it, this has been an amazing season, and you know it. I don't know. It didn't. You know, I was super bummed after the second game of the season oh yeah so so Absolutely. Um, it was it was not you know for to, no i to think go, it was the third game third game is when they lost to denver right yeah but the second game is when we lost trey oh right 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 we lost him yeah. in the yeah the, in the beginning even though they yeah. won that game because yeah came in yeah right but yeah right, so right. i to to think that we would be sitting here at 13 and four with losing him and then losing Jimmy is just, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's been a, it's been a wild year. Um, the trade, I mean, it's just, it's been the twist and turns have been awesome and it's been great to be here with you kind of talking about and documenting it. Yeah, no, it's a blast. And so Shelvin wants me to figure out a way to join us. Facebook on a second account. The problem, Shelvin, is is I'm the only admin, so I wouldn't even be able to add myself because I can't get back into the admin account. That's the problem. 
Oh, uh, I have some people looking into it. And and at some point, if this doesn't get any better, I think I'm just going to figure out Discord. I don't know if you've heard about Discord, mm-hmm. but that's like another yeah, way that people are getting you. together. I know. I miss you. it. I'm just yeah. like, what, do, what am I doing during these games? My I'm like flipping through Twitter and trying to figure out stuff. And I'm like, what would I be doing? Oh, I'd be chatting in our Facebook group about the game. So, yeah, I miss it, too. Uh, All right. So we'll be back next week and uh, keep an eye on Twitter and and all that. And we'll we'll put some stuff about when we're going to record next, because uh, we don't know. Niners may play Saturday, Sunday or Monday. Uh, probably not Monday, I would guess. But anyways, uh, I think you're right that if anybody has the inside track on Monday, it's Tampa and Cow- the Cowboys. Yeah. If I had to bet right now, that would be my bet that they're Monday night. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> OK, cool. Um, so, yeah, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week after the first playoff game for the 49ers in the wild card round for Rod. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.